plot, Margarita with a Straw, 2014. Written by Anonymous. A rebellious young woman with cerebral palsy leaves her home in India to study in New York, unexpectedly falls in love, and embarks on an exhilarating journey of self-discovery. Voice over off. When you're blind and watching movies, what will you find? A blind superhero whose superpowers are acting like he's not blind. A sighted actor overdramatically touching people's faces. And maybe the whole joke is that they're bumping into different places. A spectacular, macular. Welcome to Citizen White Cane, the podcast that attempts to impair a visual media. My name is Sky McLeod. I'm Melissa Bakta. And we are talking about Margarita with a Straw today. Yes, uh, this was your week to pick. I'm always happy and surprised uh, <laughs> at what you find. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, this is the classic Sky pick to this movie movie. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. <laughs> it had a lot of the, I feel like, the hallmarks. Um, it had a performance by someone who is an able-bodied person, uh, though. We, we actually had both of our main characters basically, that have disabilities, um, both played by able-bodied people, which uh, is really a bummer. That is, wow. And I, you know, when I went back and forth watched through the whole movie trying to tell, are they, are they, are they not? Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think I, with, um, with uh, Layla's character, I think I landed on she must be, but wow, no. could have fooled me and yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where, and I just knew it going into the movie mm -hmm. that she wasn't, and it really was distracting to me knowing that she wasn't because I was just like, oh, come on. Because, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like, it's it, like, yeah, I mean, I think that it is a performance that, like, you, I, I understand why someone would be like, yeah, you can't tell, but it's just also like, right. it would just be so much easier. <laughs> oh, no, I know. And, you know, I've, um, I did have a friend uh, growing up with cerebral palsy, so I, but I, that's nothing, I, I can't uh, compare the two. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, yeah, her, her it is based, the story, because it, it centers around her more, even more than our blind character. Um, so it's, it's kind of. Even though we do have a line character, it's more about cerebral palsy, like, is the more featured disability <laughs> in the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, it is, the script was written by someone who was inspired by her, her um, cousin, I believe. Um, oh, the film is dedicated to her sister. Uh, her son. Because I thought, I could have sworn I read for my sister. But, um, I think it was both. I think it just said for my son and then for my sister, come it, to think of it. It did at the, at the end. So I think we're just remembering the two different things that yeah. it said it was for. Yeah. <laughs> we're both right. Um, but it did make it kind of weird. Well, because her son died. Oh. Like when he was 17 years old. Oh, wow. Terrible. That's awful. Yeah. 
Which I think, like, the fact that the the mom character dying is supposed to be based off of mm. that, though, it did make me think, like, that it's... Mm-hmm. Those are both very emotional, terrible things to go through, but have a mom versus a son dying have, like, a different emotional tenor to them in a way? You know, like, it's... Yeah. I don't know, it just seemed... But still tragic but either way. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't it's, really matter. It's her way, maybe, of just working through... Right. What well, because originally happened. the script was like more about her. Uh, I think it's now I can't remember his niece or cousin um, mm-hmm. who had cerebral palsy. And then then she like did this like filmmaking like script lab thing oh. where like she'd won an award for the script and then other mm-hmm. people came in to like help her rewrite it to be more pristine I guess or some huh. you know and and in that rewriting process she just added a bunch of stuff that was more autobiographical to her than it was about her cousin so it's kind of like mm-hmm. a weird mix of an actual experience of someone with cerebral palsy and the abled writer's experiences yeah like being bisexual is comes from her like that stuff comes from her and like gotcha, and and gotcha. this even though the storyline with the mom dying again like yeah it's it's her she used like the experience of her son dying as inspiration mm-hmm. for that plot part of the plot mm-hmm. so it's kind of but it it almost feels like feels like a weird mix of experiences because sometimes it's so specific to the disabled experience and like things relating to what it feels like to be disabled and you know labeled as abnormal or whatever in society and it goes through all those kinds of themes and then sometimes it's like it's it it just isn't really about that (laughs) and all at moments like you kind of get the feeling that it's like it it feels a little muddled in a way because you don't yeah you always kind of feel like she's sort of two different characters which knowing how it's written I'm like okay that's why it kind (laughs) of feels like two different people's experience put in one character because it like literally is that (laughs) um but like this is terrible but one of the things that really bothered me was that there's that she like the cerebral palsy really affects her speech patterns Mm -hmm. in the movie Mm -hmm. and there was not a single time that a character was able to like was not able to fully understand her except for like one joke in the movie where a character where like a character that's a whole bit but like um but I was just like this is there's so many different people that are talking with her and someone with that experience is so much more likely to have to deal with like the the just annoyance of like constantly not being understood and like but that's really not dealt with at all in the movie which I thought was kind of like it just seemed like a kind of a basic one that Mm -hmm. I don't know it was just weird things like that where it just it didn't feel like it was just like this is a disabled person writing about their life experience and they're trying to think about all the things they've dealt with it was more just kind of like some of those things and then some able person stuff and that you know what I mean I don't know did you get that vibe it was a little harder to think about that for me when she was talking because the subtitles are provided. So I was yeah. al- I was always glancing at the subtitles and trying to listen to how she formed the words. Right. And for the most part, I could understand her. Yeah, but- you can. But then I, I feel like for me, I could understand her. But I was also like, there are subtitles. So That's they true. assume yeah. you can't. Because like, the subtitles would show up when anyone was speaking Hindi, which mm-hmm. a lot of the movie is like. Yeah, it's bi- the movie's bilingual. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have, and there is actually probably more Hindi speaking than English, I would think. Maybe, yeah. In the yeah. end, because you, because most of the characters are bilingual as well, or mostly just speak in Hindi. But, mm. um, 
but you have subtitles anytime someone's not speaking English or when she speaks it's always subtitles. Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, Layla is our character name. Yeah. Um, like her speech, English or Hindi is all subtitled. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 like that implies that you're not supposed to be able to necessarily understand her because they don't subtitle other characters speaking English. So I thought that was right. kind of, yeah. they both, you know, they do that, but then they don't have anyone well, in the movie acknowledge. It, right. But it might be just covering bases. Yeah. You know, it's, I right. think people who are used to be maybe being around some with cerebral palsy or who are in that community or people with cerebral palsy would have a, an easier time understanding right. what she's saying just because that's their lived experience. But for the average Joe, even a person who has a different disability, who doesn't necessarily have a speech impediment, might, right. have, might have trouble understanding. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've struggled with that in the past too because like I use language as, you know, very specifically as a way of communicating because I don't have other ways to communicate other than just the spoken word. And I've had trouble sometimes with people who um, have, like, a, you know, impairment enough with their speech that I have trouble fully understanding. I feel terrible because I'm mm-hmm. like, I mm-hmm. this is all I have. And I, I just feel so sad because it feels right. like, like a weird kind of cutting off. But like that, I thought as like a blind and also having she does for a relationship with a blind character, but she, but like they're in the middle of a protest, which mm-hmm. also is very, um, I don't know. I thought that was, it's an interesting meet cute, um, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're in a, they're in a protest basically about police brutality. Yeah. Essentially. And, and I guess that this movie was like made in like 2013 and 14 yeah, and 14, like was written, I think before. So it, this would have been that, I'm pretty sure that's pre-Ferguson. I think that was 2015, unless I'm wrong, but. Um, yeah, it was yeah. still, I think maybe, cause I, they aren't saying, I don't think they say Black Lives Matter. So I, I think it might've been no, before they, Black Lives was, Matter. Yeah, it, it was mostly a protest about like New York cops. Right. what I thought, what I had gathered. It's and, interesting cause it's like right on the precipice of that yeah, movement, but yeah. not yet. <laughs> um, which mm-hmm. is why I thought it was kind of funny because I'm like oh that would be something after 2015 that naturally would be the protest but Mm -hmm. I was like wouldn't it be like Occupy (laughs) like back then it was I thought it was kind of funny it might have been an (laughs) Occupy podcast or or, protest Jesus Christ it might have been an occupied protest but I didn't get that feeling from it no it definitely wasn't I was just when I saw that they were protesting and then I heard that they were doing like a specific like police chant I was like okay well I guess it's not (laughs) like it's not Occupy but but I was just doing the mental math of mm-hmm. like oh what if you would have thought maybe a little bit more in the occupy era but like because it did i think predate black lives matter as yeah. a movement yeah. um but yeah it, but that's how they meet the two of them we have uh our our main character Layla. uh we should mention played by kalki kwichlin i'm so sorry i'm i'm gonna mangle everybody's names i apologize um and Kanum is uh, who she meets. Uh, she's our, our blind character played by Sayani Gupta. Yes, and she's the love interest of the second half of the movie. Basically, yeah, because we see in the first half, we see uh, Layla has kind of a thing for a couple of boys at her school. Uh, it, it starts off with Drew, who is also in a wheelchair, and yeah. they you know they have a thing. But then she kind of falls for this, this able-bodied guy who is in a band, 
and he gets her to come and play with their band because she's also into music as well. Right. So he he gets her to come and be on stage and, and I don't know produce like songs or play with them or something, and they win the band competition actually. <laughs> but then and she gets the 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 moderator the host who's presenting the trophy you know all she had to do was just present the trophy but she goes on and makes this stupid speech about how we're going to make an example by presenting the trophy to a disabled person because oh she worked so hard and doesn't she deserve it blah 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 blah. which i was like is it always that explicit i feel like you always are just like no that's what happened but no one ever comes out and says it (laughs) i mean I guess maybe it depends. I yeah, I could I could say no, but that's just from my experience. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. sure other people have had different experiences. Uh, I guess we we grew up in very like <laughs> passive in a bad way kind of places where I they suppose, wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't want to like put themselves out there as being ableist. They would just be ableist. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um Layla responds in the perfect way. She's asked by the host to like say a few, oh say a few words, talk about talk about everything, and she just responds by flipping everybody off. <laughs> just funny. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then and the there was a ramp, I guess, for that stage because we don't really see it, but she's able to get on. Oh, there must be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, because. That which I guess that's <laughs> doesn't always happen, um, <laughs> sadly. Um, but, but yeah, no. So, but anyway, she then leaves the the stage, and we have she finds out that um, this guy that she liked is who's the able-bodied one does not mm-hmm. like her or doesn't right. like doesn't just, like her in that way exactly. Yeah, which I mean that felt genuine. The that felt real to me. It was. It is sad that she was like, she just didn't want to date. Like that, then she felt. We don't really understand. We don't get like a total window into her thinking process when relating to like. Mm-hmm. But you kind of get the sense she just didn't want to, like that there was some sort of normalcy. I guess is kind of like in dating an able-bodied person. Yeah, uh, because she and her mom kind of have a, a conversation about. There, they just assumed their whole family had just assumed that she's going to end up with with Drew in the wheelchair, because that would just be easy. Right. That would, that would and he, which it wouldn't be easy at all. You couldn't like go to a right. lot of restaurants. It would be very right, complicated. Right. <laughs> right. But because he is so much, because according to them, he is so much like her. Right. Oh, it just makes sense. <laughs> right. To right. Be in that community. Though she did kind of seem like she was into him. I guess. Right. For the most part, I yeah, thought I she, thought she was. Doesn't she like actively come on to him, which is cool. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Like flirts with him, and then they kiss, and yeah, yeah. I mean, this kind of also some of the like sex suits did hit a pit, a big pet peeve of mine, which is like <laughs> no one was talking at all, and I always am like, what? Come on, <laughs> it's like you yeah. can't just like read each other's minds. It's helpful to like talk right. through these things, right? Um. What what's really cool about Layla's character is uh, she is a sexual person. She's not sexualized, uh, I don't think at least. But she is she is a sexual disabled person, and there are so many, you know, people I've talked to or times uh, that I've seen, you know, disabled people are just infantilized or fetishized. Yeah, and she is. It's just so nice to see an actual disabled person with. with desire and yeah. not just they are desired through the entire movie right with like 
uh, sexuality right. at all. Right. So we don't and, like agency within that sexuality. Yeah. And I mean, and in, in, in the end, her sexuality becomes a pretty big part of the movie. But still, it is nice to see that. Yeah, on, it's kind of like the screen. main. It seems like it's almost the main. I think it is the main conceit of the movie. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. I mean, this movie is basically like disabled people also have and want to have sex in right. many situations. Like, right. obviously, there are also asexual disabled people but mm-hmm. the the whole idea is that like there's just as many asexual disabled people as there are in the normal you know right <laughs> in well, the rest yeah, in the able-bodied world right like, i can't <laughs> yeah I, I obviously i can't speak for you know all of disabled people but uh right. yeah, uh, yeah disabled people want to have sex too yeah exactly like that or, is... just sometimes it's not even about sex it's, but it's just about physical intimacy right yeah i mean or just yeah i think both and like mm-hmm. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, why do we need a movie to tell us this when it should be obvious that adults right. want to have, that are, like, adults are, group of adults could be sexual, just, like, trying to word this in the right way, because I try not yeah. to, like, us. it's not all human beings are, you know, even as adults are sexual, mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah, fine, it's just disabled people are just as likely to be sexual as anyone else, mm-hmm. and... And that an adult <laughs> having sex is not a weird thing or like, right. you know, should it be seen as wrong? Like, right. <laughs> basically. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's 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 hard uh, because you're you're looking at from a distance, you know, the disabled body, basically. And it's we, we I know we were talking about Sabine earlier when I got here, but it's in one of her comic books. She talks she's talking about all these sculptures that she saw in Paris and how they're just twisted and warped and they look really interesting and how disability physical disability uh marks you and yeah. marks and marks your body you are a disabled body moving through this able-bodied world right well and and i think i think a lot about like how so queerness and gender queerness even especially but also like i think queerness in general there's like just so much overlap with disability and that it's like our bodies are seen as wrong or like that kind of embodied right wrong like, seen as wrong or seen as something that needs to be protected all the time or or unnatural or unnatural or, unnatural kind of is a use is a word used to describe all of the both disabled and queer identities i feel mm-hmm. like but obviously they're just as natural as anyone else right right that's you know that's <laughs> they're kind of I, I don't know i think it's kind of more natural i mean yeah natural diversity of the human experience mm-hmm. um that's i mean a much more beautiful thing about mm-hmm. humans than thinking of all humans as being exactly the same right would be there's, very there's depressing not a, there's not a just the binary there's yeah. so many so much more but yeah i mean and this it's interesting this movie you kind of get a bit of that like comparison of queerness and disability a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. um i uh, found that to be delightful i think that's my favorite part about this movie is it's is that it is a queer story because uh, i just wasn't expecting that Oh yeah, and so I knew everything yeah. about the movie before right, so I watched right. it. I didn't tell you anything, so <laughs> no. So I I was rather delighted. I, I was not expecting that, uh, and so yeah, seeing a story about a disabled person who is sexual, who is sexually active, for the most part, and discovering their sexuality that it's just it's cool because it's normal. Yeah, and I just never got a lot of that. Still, don't necessarily get yeah. a lot of it. I was thinking we've done I think three movies with 
queer main characters mm. maybe i don't know that i couldn't think of i was trying to go through i was like i don't think we have a full pride one for them not yet <laughs> we're, we're getting there <laughs> slowly but slowly, surely we're getting slowly. there we will just like at a certain point probably have run out though hopefully people will make more but yeah, um yeah yeah happy pride <laughs> yeah uh, except for happy Pride was happy last month. Post, sorry, happy post Pride. Yes, um, you just edit that out. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, no, that was my bad for not just picking this movie earlier. Um, I could have done that, but I just—I mean, I just didn't think to. Um, okay. But <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's—I don't know—I do think that disability and and queerness is just a natural, like, um, comparison to or like. Um, mm-hmm. Well, shared experience right right i mean it's it is an, an otherism it is an other thing it is something that is keeping you outside of the quote-unquote cishet normal able-bodied community yeah I mean, before i knew i was queer being a disabled person i've always felt like i was in a different community or in my in my own community yeah well it's yeah it's also communities you have to like look fine you have to find them mm-hmm. like you're not you're not as likely to be born into them unless you get really lucky. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, uh, and and so there's definitely more of a feeling of chosen family. I think chosen families are big necessities in the in both communities. And like, I think also, I don't know. I just sometimes I do think that like after going through like needing to become a disabled person in the world, the like. There is a like the then coming out because I feel like we have to do we just I don't know do you have the experience where you wound up having to just do them chronologically because it just disability was like too much of a fucking hassle that it just you had to like be like well I know I'm queer but I guess I have to put this off for a while (laughs) to figure it out because I'm like stuck figuring out the rest of this ableism bullshit Mm -hmm. before I can get to like the rest of the bullshit Um, but I at least I feel like there was it kind of like dealing with being a disabled person in the world is a can be a similar experience to coming out as well like right i think that there's at least some i don't know you just kind of like figure out you also as a disabled person you're just not you don't have a lot of social cachet like we're mm-hmm. we get paid like 57 cents to the dollar like right, we're, we're not fucking expecting much out of the world so right. no matter no matter what community you you center us or you put us into we're always going to be on the fringes of that community. right right and so i think there's also like that we just have a lot less to lose like i think about how 20 i think it's like 20% of people identifying as um, bisexual are also cis men. Like, the vast majority are, are cis women. And I do wonder mm-hmm. about how, um, like, that's... Uh, I don't know exactly how many are not cis. Um, but, um, but I was thinking about how, like, if you are, a, um, like, a cis-abled white man and you and you are sexually attracted to women like you just don't have a lot to gain by by openly being bisexual Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like I think that there's this this weird thing of like the more social cachet you have the harder the first thing is like and I think there's also like when you're like disabled femme you're just like the world's fucking me over no matter what it doesn't really matter if I add another one to this (laughs) but um (laughs) Anyway, that's kind of a tangent, but um, I don't know. This movie has a blind character. We should probably talk about her yes, as yes. a blind character at all. Canoom. <laughs> uh, so she, so our, uh, so Layla meets Canoom at a protest, 
and they kind of sort of um, they they had they talk. You're right. It is a weird place for a meet cute, uh, but they do. They talk. Um, it's kind of cute. It's it is, tear, it is they cute. get tear gassed. They get tear gassed. And, and so they, she has to. So Layla has to like, um, like kind of basically lead her out of the mm-hmm. protest. So there, yeah, it's yeah. a good crip crip um, uh, companion. Yeah. Moment. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, they end up meeting again for one of my favorite scenes uh, in the movie because I, I do have a couple of, of scenes I really enjoyed. I mean, you know, I didn't say at the top, but overall I did enjoy this movie. And even, <laughs> even knowing that both the characters are, are able-bodied actors, yeah. I still really did enjoy this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is fun. Yeah. It's, it's an easy watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, but one of my favorite scenes is they go to the museum, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Yeah, I've see. done that tour before. Because yeah. they give it to you for free. Hot tip. If you're blind, you've got to tell them you're blind. I've done that. to do that tour. Yes. And I was in New York City <gasps> and I went to the wrong museum oh I no mean, granted i went to the museum of natural history so i had a really great time i had a wonderful time it's a good museum but too. damn though the I, smithsonian one's my na- favorite natural history museum oh i want to i want to go there but anyway <laughs> they're, they're so they're at the met and they are uh at the um moma sorry no it's the met is it the, is it the met? yeah they're at the met and the met. also the right. met has a gender neutral bathroom oh, another fun cool. fact i love so. it Nice. Hang out at the mat. Yeah, and she finds uh, Layla finds Kanum feeling up the ancient Egyptian uh, artifacts, and you can hear the tour going on the in her headphones. Yeah, and they meet again, and Layla is want you know wants to know what's going on, and they have this really beautiful moment um, where Kanum is basically taking Layla's hand and guiding her throughout, uh, guiding her through the artifact yeah and it's just their hands touch and it's really sweet and they're bonding and i was just kind of like oh my god i think they're gonna be together that's really cute but it's just a really sweet soft silent um part of the movie well and then uh kanum explains why she loves that part of the museum because um, you can feel everything yeah it's just this is she she tells Layla this is one of her favorite places Oh, yeah. It would be mine if I lived in New York. I yeah. do always, whenever I'm in New York, I always go. <laughs> um, she should have also been like, it's really cool because if you're blind, you get to like, you get the, they give you the audio guide. And touch stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they give you the audio guide. This is actually the second movie we've watched with a blind person <laughs> at the Met. So apparently it's the place it's, to be. Yeah. So if you want to, if you have a, hey, blind people, <laughs> if you're looking to meet other blind people, go to the Met. Go to the Met. And go touch the Egyptian stuff. Yeah. If you just want to be a blind person in a museum. Because honestly, though, someone was like, I can go anywhere in the U.S. and I'm blind and want a good blind experience. Mm-hmm. The Met might be my one of the first ones I would say so I guess this movies these yeah. movies are also <laughs> um, confirming that um, I mean but. and I haven't been to the Met I'm, my, my top museum experience will still be Iolani Palace even though you didn't get to touch very many things uh, oh because you had like an audio the guide, audio right? tour is just it's superb nice it's amazing yeah uh, audio guides like not only are they great for like any hearing person but like mm-hmm. They really are a very undervalued, I think. All museums should have a good audio guide. Like, that. that's what makes a museum next level. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Truly. Definitely. Um, but I love museums. I love going to museums. Me but too. Me too. They're more accessible museums <laughs> and less accessible yes, museums. Yes. Also at the Met, there is uh, the 
podcast, The Memory Palace. Um, what Nades Mayo, who's the host, was contracted to do a bunch of um, like audio guides for the or like not guides but like little stories basically for oh different pieces of art wow. in the museum and so i believe it's just if you just subscribe to the memory palace they have you just go back and there you can see all of them i think it they even have a placard at the met when we went my family i was wow. like we gotta go do this you guys next time we're in new york yeah. we gotta go to the met and do this so, so we went and it was it's really cool and so you you can go um to all the different little places with the I cards and, so. yeah i'm gonna check that out definitely. and go to the gender neutral bathrooms get nice. a video <laughs> these are all my <laughs> measurement of dc I, I love it um, <laughs> it's a great museum and it's giant too so you can mm-hmm. just spend it's the it's the um setting of the mix of files of mrs basil frank which is a children's book about uh oh. two kids who live in the museum of uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art Heck yeah. in New York for months and so as a kid I was like that's the coolest thing ever and so I was obsessed <laughs> with it so yes oh my gosh I'm, I'm here for this I don't yeah, know if there's absolutely. A, like I'm so I'm realizing how many facts I have about this museum very weird <laughs> I never even realized that before anyway <laughs> sorry I have more to say about the <laughs> Metropolitan Museum of Art than this movie I did watch it <laughs> um, but yes I, I anyway you. keep yes. going our our uh, our lovebirds uh, meet at the, at the Met again, and they have a really they share that really unique, uh, nice, beautiful moment, and then they kind of start going out on dates together. And in my humble opinion, everything moves way too fast. But I guess not. For... I think it's the end. Oh yeah, don't they move in? Like yes. you're like how many? How long yes. has it been? They you, they go they go to a bar. They have this really cute little scene at a, at a bar. It is cute. It is really cute. And it's okay to go to a bar on like a third date. We, we have no oh, problem sure. with that. No, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and we find out that um, Layla has never had alcohol before. And so Kanum's like, what do you want? And uh, she suggests margarita. Uh, so so she gets that with a straw. Uh, so that becomes her like signature drink. Yeah. Roll, right. roll credits. Uh, <laughs> and basically after an incredibly like really passionate steamy night together uh kanum is like do you want to move in with me and layla's like sure <laughs> yeah do you think it because the movie's edited weirdly so i could never figure out yeah, how much time, time had passed right right and i don't i don't think everything all the events happen one after another right There's definitely like but you're right i was also like whoa this things is like, are moving like this escalated really quickly yeah yeah, yeah. like which i mean in a movie, you can always. It's not like you have to show like no. You I don't. Know, I don't want to see ten every months of someone. Yeah. Dating, you know, and yeah. all the, but like it is kind of jarring when you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's like kind of sort of new romance, and then like smash cut to moving in is kind. Right, it's just jarring because right. you don't like. There's you know it's not like there's a title card that's like mm-hmm. a year later. <laughs> like we just yeah. don't really have any reason yeah. to believe that much time has yeah. passed. So yeah, I agree with you. Well, and and knowing now knowing that uh, Kunum is played by a sighted actress, like that makes that answers a lot of my questions about her performance as a blind person. <laughs> I know we're jumping around a lot, but because you see her, you know, with a cane and everything, and she's using her cane, and she's getting around. But when she doesn't have the cane, I'm just like, oh, so does she have my vision? Okay, she must have. She must see like me, and she must have some vision, I guess. And yeah. then we then we get to a point further along in the story, and it's like. Well, I have no vision at all, and I'm I'm, I'm thinking, how? Right, right. Yeah. I don't. 
when you don't have the cane, I completely forget that you're a blind person. I don't yeah. buy for a second. It's that, weird. Which you know, it, it is so weird because so much effort and nuance was put into Layla's performance. And I'm yeah, not and I'm not yeah. saying right, and I'm not saying um you know, I'm not saying Kunum the actor gives a bad performance. I'm I liked Kunum. But I, it's just like a blind but, person would give a better performance. Right, right. Like full I'm, stop. I'm just like I I'm sorry I just don't buy you as a blind person yeah I had the, a similar thing well because at first I was like oh it's a character who has like a normal blind person's right, vision exactly. this is really cool like she uses a cane to get around you know we yeah. I think 95% of the movies we watch is um the blind character has absolutely no vision which is completely ridiculous given mm-hmm. the fact that 90% of blind people do have some vision so it's so freaking backwards that mm-hmm. so few movies so I like got excited for a second because I was like oh she actually is like right. 90% of blind That's people for thought. one time in a movie and then That's no what I, thought. I was like no, oh it's she just, just bad acting right I was like oh she just has some vision or whatever and I'm just like come to find out <laughs> nope she's supposed to be completely blind and I'm like oh damn it's so, I thought she was like me <laughs> I know it really this is like God, I want to be a blind consultant just to tell everyone. It's like, if you have a blind character, could you make them one of the 90% of, like, mm-hmm. you're not making it for blind people. If like, right, also that the 90% of blind people with some vision are the ones who are much more likely to seek out movies, right, too. Right, Especially ones without make, audio description. Yeah, it, makes, it would make so much, her performance would make so much more sense. All of the looking and the eye lines and... Right, because uh, that's what... You, using, not using, not needing to use a cane and eating at the dinner table and not having to be, you know told like oh this is 12 o'clock and six o'clock and not right. and, and then at one know, point she yeah. like walks in and we have a close-up of her hand like trailing along the counter to get to like where you put your keys and i'm like a blind mm-hmm. person has a bowl in a very specific place so they don't have to do that every time they walk into their own home right. it's your it's your home <laughs> right. so you, you know walk in, you hang your cane up you hang your keys up if that's your option or if it's a bowl you know right. you know where the bowl is and if going you have to, to do like 10 paces from the table why not just put it closer to the door like a rational human <laughs> like, it's just weird <laughs> i didn't understand that and like at one point she's like don't touch which i felt kind of like i felt kind of bad for them because like it was it's very hard for you know obviously for layla to like be able to put things down in the right place but mm-hmm. also very reasonable for a blind person to be like uh disoriented by like things right being the right. You so moved I, my stuff yeah, yeah there's like i was like there's actually a lot of things in which you'd have to do a lot of negotiating because the, the two disabilities do have mm-hmm. a lot of kind of um what would be the right word like that there'd just be a lot more kind of needing to figure out how to make it work mm-hmm. the movie doesn't really d- do that Mm-mm. and all it kind of I think sometimes in a movie they might be like, oh, okay, we'll disable people together. They just have the commonality of being disabled. But it's like, you know, the world is really ableist and there's all these other right. things that both people have to contend with and they're different. And so that actually kind of creates compounding problems that are not insurmountable, but it's not like, it's not always easier to date. Like it's, mm-hmm. the world makes it harder for disabled people to date each other. Not yeah. that we shouldn't do it, but that it's just, it makes it harder. Well, and it's, it's the whole stereotype of, you know, to a, da- a disabled person is probably going to want to rather date a disabled person. Like, oh right. yeah, all the disabled people are going to want to date and be with disabled people. And you know what? That's not always the case. I'm not saying other disabled people don't need, don't date other disabled people, right. but uh, but it just doesn't have to be that way at all. Right, right. 
it's yeah and it just also doesn't necessarily solve the problems of ableism <laughs> just for two disabled right, people no, to date like which is a so, weird assumption people make yeah it's so limiting <laughs> like if anything dating an abled person kind of just you get a little bit more abled privilege by a little you bit, know because sure. like yeah i going through this transition of dating an abled person now i can like just take cars places like you know there's just all this weird stuff i'm like okay well now i'm being handed these things i just never had before <laughs> um <laughs> But it's like, you know, if I dated someone else who couldn't drive, that would, you know, then that's more complicated. Mm -hmm. And then we're constantly trying to take the bus to each other's houses and it's harder. You know, it's like there's just there's always those compounding issues of like being two disabled people. But the movie, yeah, it doesn't really go into that aspect of it. But it's also because she has like five love interests in the movie, sort of. Right. Well, because this is her five, you know, coming to terms with her bisexuality. Yeah. Yeah, which like I, it was it it in some ways was too much to do in one movie because there's also the whole subplot with her mom dying. Right. And it was just so much stuff and I think sometimes the movie was just like well, and, a little bit trying to do too much. Right. And not only is her mom dying but her relationship with Kunum is falling apart. Right. Right. Cuz she cheats on her she with She cheats on her with, with Jared. Jared. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which I was saying before we started recording is the I Jared. feel bad for anyone who's named that. It's the worst name on earth. <laughs> so, so, wow. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to all the Jareds. No, I know. I just feel I've, I'm sorry. I've, I'm just I some feel of sorry my best friends are Jareds. I'm sorry. Actually, they're Jerry's, but hey, whatever. That see, because they know that you don't <laughs> want to be know. named Jared. It's just not a good name. Uh, um, <laughs> but they are they are working together on a school project, and they kind of sort of the same way that. Honestly, that Kunum and and Layla end up having sex with each other for the first time, they kind of sort of just fall into the act. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. People generally want to communicate in those situations is also how you like don't accidentally make someone feel super uncomfortable. And it it happens like as he's helping her go to the bathroom. Yeah, which is really weird. And I'm just thinking that is the most unsexy. Like I feel super unsexy when i'm you know trying to do my business on the on the pot like that's the last thing i'm thinking about and of course because he has to help her and oh he gets to take her undies down and oh he gets to put her undies back up and i'm just like (laughs) it's weird it's so weird i don't don't like don't like uh but she does it anyway and i thought my conclusion coming away is okay i've had sex with a dude i feel guilty but i wanted to know what it was like and now i'm just gonna go back to canoe and that's not it at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like this weird uh, ableism thing that she has about it. <laughs> Surprise ableism, where the reason that she says that she wanted it wasn't, it did have to do with him being a guy, mm-hmm. which it's, you know, whatever. But like, yeah. um, it is because he can see her. So she wanted to make right. sure someone would have sex with her oh, that I could hated, see her. I hated that comment. I was just like, well, you've just doomed this relationship. I know. Because it's just I thought, like, even if that was true, just don't fucking say it. Right. <laughs> I, I thought that Layla and Canoe made a really cute couple. Yeah, me too. And it doesn't, you know, so what? She's bi. It doesn't matter. Like, that's not, but I understand having been on such a short lease, you know, with her parents and now moving to New York and figuring out, okay, I'm bi. I'm Right, that uh, and, makes and like I, slightly I want, more sense. Right, and like I want to experience. Like now's the time I can experiment. Right, with, right, with, and I really like yeah. this person and want to be right. in a long term relationship with them. And like, right. granted, 
the most ideal way to do it is to have the conversation before. Um, sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> but, and then, but and, you know, barring that, at least it feels a little bit less like shitty than being like they can see, which is just like, yeah. come on. Well, and then Kanum throws back, you know, oh, you were using me this whole time. You just wanted someone to take care of you. And although I think there might have been a tiny bit into uh, maybe uh that might have been a tiny tiny part of the relationship i really do think layla had feelings for kanum i don't i truly don't think she was using her but i think it was too much too fast and she realized oh wow there's all of this other stuff out in the world and i've just saddled myself to this one person right which it, is like what why I in college you know at this point, I get, like, not wanting to be in the long-term relationship from college. And that's, like, yeah, it's, like, more of a normal college experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, like, also kind of, I guess, it is kind of weird because in movies, there's always, like, this sense of, like, and then they end up together because all you're, you're only following these characters during this time period of their mm-hmm. life. So this is, like, the beginning and ending of knowing these characters. And so really the more realistic college thing is you know you have some like boyfriends girlfriends like hook up with some people and, like you know that maybe really like someone but in the end it was just like not gonna work and some people I mean maybe not as much millennials as these days <laughs> like maybe of like you know gen x or boomers might like you know date someone they then marry from college but I mean now that happens less often I feel like sure. <laughs> there's a lot more yeah. just kind of figuring stuff out in college and mm-hmm. so that but that does not make as good of a movie I don't think because it's really you can't have a romantic movie that's just like kind of dating around and not really necessarily landing on anyone and then in the end just kind of be like okay I mean I guess movies do do that it's just not the kind of classic narrative structure so right. well, <laughs> well this movie this movie's interesting because what I thought I wanted was her to end up with Kanum and have a have this really nice loving mutual relationship with you know with two disabled people spoiler alert she goes on a date at the end of the movie and you know her dad's like okay have fun on your date she's getting all like pretty right for the right right and she's got her margarita with a straw and she's going to town or whatever and the camera pulls away and she's at a table for one with a mirror with a mirror and just having you know having a good old time and i think <laughs> i hated the ending i have to say I, it kind of sort of caught me off guard. I was just like, wow, we, okay, all right. I get it. I think I think the ending punches you in the face un, unnecessarily so, but I, I get it. She's, it. she's accepted herself for who she is and is finally ready to, to, to go after what herself? she wants. I mean, it's I, I think why we're both so unimpressed by this is it's like such a fucking side of perspective. <laughs> Well, like yeah, I couldn't see I a mean, fucking mirror from that far. No. Like self, like appreciating yourself is not like looking, getting all dressed up and looking at yourself in a mirror necessarily. I mean, right? But we have to. Do, it's nothing wrong with doing that. It's weird to do it in public. Sure, but also this is a sighted character. I mean, she, yeah. she vision, vision kind of rules her world. But Apparently. she's never. Eh, but throughout the entire movie, she's never. We've never had to go through like I'm so ugly. I'm my my yeah, body. My body is disgusting and I'm broken and everyone thinks I'm gross and da da da. But I think this was the easiest way, metaphorically, to show, oh, this was a story about her self-acceptance, is, is what it was. Right, but it's like, yeah, we watched the movie from now. Like, it didn't feel like, I was like, oh, that's what the movie was about this whole time. It's like, yeah, that's that's literally from every single scene in the entire movie. I could tell that's <laughs> what it was about. Like, it was never, like, that wasn't the hidden thing it was about. It was pretty, 
blatantly about that from, you know, from the first moment of the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. it didn't, you know, you, within, like, the first ten minutes, we kind of get that vibe already. Like, you know, I don't know what... It it is a coming of age story, like yeah. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It just seemed kind of. <sighs> Look, I don't like. I don't necessarily like the last shot. I think it's kind of silly, and yeah. she's just beaming. Get you know, she's just super giddy at herself in the mirror with it, just like ah. And I'm like, we could have been a little bit more subtle about yes. it. I think. <laughs> I think I I like I do like the message though. Yeah, you know, it's because it's not only accepting yourself. As a disabled person, in in Layla's case, it's also coming to terms with the fact that you're you're bisexual and you still have so much time in your life, and you don't have to necessarily settle down with one person. Do I think Kanum got a raw deal? Yes, absolutely. Yes, she I, did. That's the fact that we kind of sort of get a, a a little bit of like, yeah, I'm I'm really sorry I did this to you, and this is you know it was wrong, and da da da. But then there's nothing is ever really resolved. Resolved, we don't. We don't really know what happened. I thought she stays there as her mom. Kanoon stays there as Layla's mom is dying, she and does. is supportive yeah. of her, and then just you know, and then just disappears off, goes back home. Yeah, yeah, we were which is her. just the saddest like ending right. for her character. Right, right. She thought that she had found what she was looking for, and she kind of sort of got betrayed. She's like, yeah, and like for an ableist blind person reason. I mean, from the blind perspective, it is kind of. We do get the, <laughs> the our person deal. does get the raw deal, yeah. I mean, she really is kind of, you know, and it's if she was an able-bodied character, I feel like it would have been slightly better because you could have just like you know, then you're then I think we would naturally just more relate to Layla I, than anyone. <laughs> I suppose, but still, if 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 she had the same reaction as an able-bodied character, it doesn't matter if you're abled or disabled. One half of the relationship was she was being used yeah well that's but i mean like i think with so little movies about that are actually meant to be from a disabled perspective to have the person who especially got the raw deal it just would it would hurt a little bit less if they were able-bodied i guess like it just because you know able-bodied people get to be the heroes in all the movies like sure you know so just from the perspective of watching it from a disabled lens it kind of sucks that you still have a disabled character that really gets the worst deal i mean the mom dies sadly so she also gets a pretty but it's that's a natural you know or that is something that you know is not as just like another character didn't cause her to get cancer um whereas Layla kind of like could have behaved differently yes and i guess i'm just i'm i'm very empathetic so i'm empathetically speaking like if the person is disabled or, or abled the relationship was not necessarily built on a lie but it was built on it was built on the sand and not on concrete yeah so yeah and whether or not whether or not she's abled or disabled she was still kind of being used and then cheated on right well that's why i just i just <laughs> but i don't I, know yeah no, i get i get what you're saying like yes if, if it were if it were an able-bodied person i might feel different but i i can't say that i could i don't i i honestly don't think that i would i think i would be sad and feel for the other person no matter what. Oh, yeah, me too. You know, I just right. think, like, what it says on the, like, full context of the movie is mm-hmm. being a movie that's supposed to be, like, painting disabled people in a, you know, in a more humanistic 
why we're supposed to empathize. I mean, I guess you could have had a disabled character that was just like evil and badly written, and that would have been much worse. Like, oh yeah, what happens to Kanum is just kind of like it sucks. I get, I get what you're saying. I get it. I don't know if I can articulate it, but I get it. Yeah, and I understand. I don't necessarily know if I agree, but I understand. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I yeah, I just. Um, maybe we've been doing this podcast long enough now that I'm just like, we really don't, like, I don't know. I think, like, before we did the podcast and early on, I just always thought there was going to be something better for our blind characters. (laughs) Sure. And also blind women, especially, too. Because, like, we see it, like, I'm constantly needing to be like, what movies have a non-male blind character? Like, because there's so few of them. Right. I think if we were to rewrite the ending, or at least if I was going to rewrite the ending, I would want to see what happened to Layla and then what happened to Kanoon. I need to, to feel satisfied as a viewer, even right. if it's just she went back to America. And like, she like was in a happy relationship with right. a woman who was more ready to right. be in a relationship. Exactly. Exactly. Uh you know, good for good for Layla. She found self actually actualization and she has a happy ending. Awesome. But there's yeah she's still well, leaving another she's still hurt and leaving another character behind to do that right and then and a disabled character that yeah mm-hmm. that we we also want to like paint in a way of not getting a raw deal like i think what's right. nice about the ending and what you're articulating about her ending is to see i you know to not watch a disabled character get beaten or killed you know like not mm-hmm. watch some horrible thing happen at the end of it like we get to see someone who feels who can feel more confident so i just kind of wanted that for all our disabled characters um, yeah no i i get that i get that and well kanun's character arc isn't necessarily that she needs to find self-actualization she's already she's kind of she's very it. happy with herself as she is yeah and yeah, it's uh, true. And the movie yeah. weirdly doesn't, like, really have us empathize with her that much. She's, like, she's a rock. She's figured out her disability. Right. She's figured out right. her sexuality. Like, she's, she's very comfortable in her she's skin. There, yeah, she is there to, as the older, more experienced person, she is yeah. there to perpetuate Layla's story. Right, right. She's <laughs> she's kind of a manic pixie dream girl a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I, I mean, she's very, very, like, comfortable in who she is. Um, so, I mm-hmm. mean, in a, in a way, that made it, like, the fact that she kind of gets fucked over made it actually sort of less of Because you do have, yeah, you do have a sense that she could figure her shit out she'll land on her feet yeah yeah like she's not completely fucked over by the end but it's still like you do feel kind of you just feel bad it's just oh sure absolutely yes i mean i'm i was rooting for the relationship to work and and it's funny because now now actually talking about it and parsing out what happened it does make sense as as a story the story beats make make a little bit more sense but it doesn't necessarily mean i agree yeah (laughs) although I don't necessarily think I want Layla and Kanum to end up together because Layla just isn't ready. Like like we were just saying. Right. Like, she's just, she's not what Kanum is looking for. Yeah. I mean, that's probably true. I Yeah, I think we haven't really figured out how to tell stories about, like, coming to terms with your, or, like, feeling comfortable with yourself. Because I don't know if it necessarily always happens in a vacuum exactly like I think a lot of times people help you and they don't have to be significant others or anything but like Mm -hmm. you know 
I think finding yourself does have to involve some sort of community or outside support from people. And and so I think a lot of the narratives are like this person, you know, broke up with their person and then like didn't really have a lot of friends, but we're not going to make light of that. Like we're just not going to we're going to ignore the fact that they don't seem to have a lot of friends either, you know, and then like and but then they like look in the mirror and they look all nice and there you go. We're done. We did it. They're so much right. like I think that's right. that is not at all how it ever is. Happened. No, I my my self actualization definitely didn't happen when I put on a nice dress and looked, yeah. and looked in the mirror and was like, oh my god, I love myself. Like right. it's my self actualization uh, happened when I could get around by myself. Yeah, like independence. Right when I when I gained independence that way, and and I'm, I think Layla has gained independence. Yeah, I think so too. Then that does help. I think also just like val like just well, first of all, I think these things happen just slowly. There's never that moment where it happened. Like it's just right. a progression that's yes. never as clean as like a movie wanted it to right. be. Right. You, you could still you could be listening and still on your road to self actualization. I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean we all are. Yeah. It's all it's all of becoming. But like I think I think that we try to do short like there's a lot of cinematic language that seems kind of very hollow and kind of a shortcut right. to me that I'm just kind right. of like mm. and I think that's what I think that's what this scene exactly this scene was is so yeah. you can leave the movie going oh cool she discovered herself and she found herself and that's and that's who she is right I, yes I think what we've come to the conclusion is we just we like Kunum want more yeah we want something more concrete right and like I don't know. I think sometimes I think it also doesn't have to happen without other humans as, as well as the other big thing. Yeah, that I, seeing I mean, that kind of bother me. Yes, I mean the 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 asexual person that is hiding inside of me <laughs> is was you know was happy for Layla. Like, cool. She realizes that she doesn't necessarily need someone to make her feel complete. Right. Not everybody does. Yeah, but also like everyone does, they just don't have to be a significant other. Right, like right, and they right, really right. don't have to be. And you can also be like a sexual person who doesn't like need to be in a relationship to value yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you do feel like you need to be in a relationship to have value, then actually probably not being in a relationship is the best thing to do for a little bit and then to come back to it when you're no longer feel that way, <laughs> you know? But like but I do think that we but <sighs> That's just a relationship. Like, if you have no friends and no family that support, like, you're never going... That's just... You can't... Like, you're now closed off from the world. And that's... You just can't... You don't have access to self-actualization without having human beings in your life. And so I think that, like, there's this idea that because sometimes you... Like, it might help to not be in a relationship if you have, like, very specific things going on. (laughs) That could be a helpful choice for a period of time. But, like, that doesn't mean you need to, like... You can't... You can do it without having a lot of friends and supportive people in your life and or family or friends or chosen family or whatever, like, you know, but it does take community. It does take other human beings. Like, I don't think you can self-actualize in a vacuum without other humans. And so I think that that's the part that bothered me, too, is it's like she's alone. It's like, I've eaten mm. alone. Like, you get... Sure. The, 
you get more comfortable with it, like being at a restaurant alone. But like, it's, oh, I'm. It's not how you find self actualization, though. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm I'm very comfortable with it. But yeah, I yeah, but I you get it. You I aren't get like sitting alone at a restaurant, being like, I have mastered the universe. Right. I am. I am mean. I am here. Yeah. No. Or if you do think that, then that's actually probably more of a boarding side of something else. But like, <laughs> you know, it's just you know, you can you learn how to comfortably eat alone, and that's fine. But it's just I just don't think that that's a sign that you've self actualized if you can. Well, eat alone. there's. There is this, this one joke I remember from from the Torgelsons. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Was it? It was this really weird, fun show on the Disney Channel when the Disney Channel was cool when I was growing up. <laughs> anyway, point is, is uh, one of the one of the sayings that that would get tossed around a lot is, uh, "What's the worst way to eat spaghetti?" And oh, the answer is alone. Oh. <laughs> It is hot, so do we want to <laughs> close up? Mar- we need margaritas with a straw. Yes, we do. Oh, we didn't even Amen. talk about straws. Am I disabled? Oh, yeah. I'm, no, give it, give it, go for it. I Where- just, I, I don't know. I just think that plastic cups are far more waste than straws. And like for anyone who has, um, like you can, like people now have these, like. Uh, disposable straws? No, non-disposable straws, like the metal or, straws. Sorry. Yo, yeah, I have I have a couple of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people have them, but there's like a handful of disabilities that make it so that you can't like that you do need a straw to drink things, mm-hmm. and like the fucking plastic cups have way more plastic, and so sometimes it pisses me off when people are like straws. Oh my god, when it's oh, like yeah. it's just making it harder on disabled people. Like you can't, you have to bring. Now you're making disabled people bring around straws, and right. it pisses well, me off. Either that, or you have to you have to physically go up to the counter and like ask. For or right. a straw and that's because they keep them behind the counter now right and, and you and then so... you're like publicly shamed and it's like of all the things like disabled people can't drive so we're fucking our carbon footprint is tiny so like some of us who can't drive our carbon <laughs> footprint is extremely tiny compared to able people so fucking make them do bullshit like us, i'm sorry <laughs> give us the fucking straws yeah it pisses me off so much there's a lot of i mean I think you can like I think right now we have a big problem with environmentalist stuff where it just negates a lot of social justice issues but disability is like one that you see all the time where you're like come on <laughs> like we're, if anything you should be learning from the limitations that we have and how we actually reduce emissions through them so don't fucking tell us we can't have straws to drink things so anyway that's my rant uh, about straws I feel like we kind of had to for this Perfect. movie to do it but anyway <laughs> I, is that are we I think so the lid on it yeah and the straw yeah, yeah and the okay. straw yes <laughs> in, our, in our cold drinks yes um I've been gone first for a while for oh, the for radio yeah, yeah, so I'll yeah. go first um I'm gonna give this movie a t- 2200 okay fair <laughs> right yeah. on the money I yeah. guess um cause I I mean there's not like I it bothers me that both of the like disabled uh, characters are played by able doctors. That's like sadly <laughs> so mm-hmm. normal in these movies that we watch, but it should not be the case. And it and reading critics reviews of it, it always pisses me off even more because everyone's like, "Oh, such an amazing performance! What an amazing performance! Right. Would have won an right. Academy Award!" And it's like, yeah, probably would have because the Academy Awards is ableist as shit. But like, you should never be a ama- like you wouldn't do that if it was someone who actually should have been playing that part. And so that's why it's fucking bullshit it's yeah but um but that's I mean probably the biggest take against mm-hmm. the movie I you know it's I think that even though some of the blindness stuff is kind of 
you know, it's there, but it's not like super front and center or anything. I think as a whole, as a movie about disability, it comes to disability with a more obviously empathetic lens than a lot of the movies we watch. And, um, and is really, you know, asking us, I think, to, to be in like Layla's perspective more than any other character, which is technically not our blind character, but I'm just going to give it a little more points for still being <laughs> portrayal <laughs> of disability. Cause I do think that like the more I do see any movie that fucks up disability portrayal or does it well, like I always, you know, I, even though we only talk about ones with blind characters, I think, you know, it doesn't really matter what disability we should always, it's, it's all the same ideas mm-hmm. of you should have good representation. Right. Um, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I, I, that's why I'm giving it a 2200. I'm not going higher than that because of all the things that we've talked about. I think mm-hmm. there's, there are, you know, it's, it's not so out of the park. It's also nice to have queer disabled characters is cool too. But, um, but I think there, there's enough of kind of like, it's sort of a mixed mag, but in in the aggregate, I think it does a decent job of not being mm. super ableist at all. So, giving it a nice, neat twenty two hundred. What is your rating? Yeah, pretty much reiterating everything you said. Yeah. Is, mine is also a twenty two hundred. Nice. Uh, the movie does drop down a few pegs in my eyes because of the yeah exact yeah. same reason because we need disabled actors playing disabled characters. Thank you very much. Yes. But. I was really happy to see an LGBTQ story. I was really happy to see a bi story because yeah. you just don't see a lot of those. It's true. Yeah, uh, yeah like bi-centric story. And that uh, that made me happy. Uh, it, it made me happy that this wasn't also, it, it, in part it was a little bit, but it wasn't necessarily also a huge um, coming out Yeah, story. I like that they kind of just kind of. Did that they, for a they minute. Kind of, yeah, they, they, it touches on it, but yeah, well, and that, that and and the fact that it's really nice to see a movie where with accepting parents, yeah, they were they came around pretty. They quick. did. They didn't wasn't a celebration, but they did. They came around and they did accept that this is this is the way that their daughter is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good movie. It's it is. It's it's a good movie, and I would feel. Uh, with the caveat saying it's talking about the the two leads being able-bodied but I would feel pretty comfortable showing this to um, a non-disabled person um, especially and maybe maybe a disabled person yeah if they have some time if they have some time but more definitely more of a a non-disabled person I think this movie is a would be a really good exercise in empathy yeah and yeah like you said understanding so yeah same old same old 2200 nice Mm mm-hmm Awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to have a. I feel like when we agree on twenty two hundred, that's pretty high praise. I, I, yeah, I feel <laughs> yes. I feel like twenty two hundred is like our average. Like this movie's fine. Yeah, it's not offensive. It's but you know it's not great, but it's not bad either. It's yeah. it's fine. It's fine. And yeah, I think like there's a lot of movies that I would warn people against as disabled portrayals, but this is right. definitely not one. No. Of them. no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I would even, yeah, I, if someone was like, oh, should I see this? I would probably say, yeah, honestly, yeah, absolutely. which is yeah. not what I would say actually about a lot of movies we watch. So I think that that, for me, that's high praise <laughs> that I, that if someone asked me if they should watch it, I would probably say yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's, then 
I think we're wrapping up for Margarita with a Straw. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Melissa, what are we doing next week? Right. Well, next week I wanted to do something fun and gentle and uh, something animated because we just don't get to talk a lot about animation on this podcast. Yeah. So we are doing one of my favorites, Kubo and the Two Strings. Nice. Yes. Uh, locally made right here in Portland or right here in Oregon. <laughs> uh, a film by Leica Studios. Yeah. I am excited. Um, I have never seen it, so we'll see Yay! how I like it. I can't wait to hear what you think. Yeah, we'll tune in next week for that. Mm-hmm. Then I guess we just have what we're blindsided by. I can go first. Right. Okay, I've brought in a book today. Ooh. Yes. So I just finished reading Where Am I Now by Mara Wilson. Uh, if you don't recognize that name, you will because she was basically your childhood if you were a 90s kid and saw Matilda in the movies. Oh, I, yeah. I've actually seen every single one of Mara Wilson's movies. Nice. I'm a kid in the 90s. Of course. And yeah, but this book is, it touches a little bit about that. It um, It is basically, she has um, pretty much left film acting. Yeah, she retired. From yeah, she retired. And she does, she is still doing voice acting on and off. Uh, but she has decided uh, she wants to become a writer and a storyteller. And that is what her focus is now. Nice. And so, yeah, so this book uh, at the beginning, like I said, chronicles what you know her time on set she does talk really intimately about robin williams and her time on mrs doubtfire and matilda but it's more about her growing up and how she got to where she is now so she talks a a lot about uh having to deal with um ocd and anxiety and getting um getting diagnosed with those uh uh, at a and in her teenage years, she talks about show choir and all of the crazy backstabbing that happened there. <laughs> she talks about going to uh, arts academy and being a student at NYU. Oh wow! And finding like in this movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> and finally finding her community. Nice. And it's just a beautiful, really poignant, really honest book. Mara is incredibly uh, snarky, but she's also really heartfelt and uh, is really brave to kind of lay everything out on the table yeah i've heard interviews with her on podcasts and stuff yeah she's so smart yeah i i really think she's a cool person so yeah i was really interested to read her book and i highly recommend it Uh, and the audiobook is read by her nice even better yeah so and you can get it on libby uh yeah so that's where am i now by mara wilson nice that's awesome i'm bringing Something a little bit different, which is that um, bring, I've been doing pole dancing. So that's what yeah. I'm Oh my gosh. Um, there's a, actually, if you live in Portland, there are many places to learn how to do pole <laughs> dancing. Um, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, so I think in the end, it really depends on. Uh, where where you are even if you're in Portland but uh just in general I think there's I've been really enjoying learning um pole dancing like as an accessible kind of dance it's kind of cool you have (laughs) you do have kind of like your um I don't know point of reference at all times (laughs) there's kind of an interesting tactileness to it and um I haven't I don't know. I like because of accessibility and like how hard it is to take exercise classes. I basically just decided to like walk as my main exercise. And before the pandemic, I I mean, now I do like I take sandwiches out on a walk for an hour mm-hmm. each day. But like I do it a lot less than I used to when I just was part of getting around. And so it's kind of nice to like um, be building up. 
uh, my body in a different, or not building up, I guess just like being moving your body in a different way than like just walking and kind of uh, starting to develop like more muscles in places that are, you know, different. I think, think about how like your shoulders hurt, but it's the cane. I always wonder how different my cane muscles are <laughs> from, <laughs> mm-hmm. from uh, doing pole, but, um, but it's kind of, it's just a, it's a fun um, thing that started taking classes for. Um, so yeah, it's pole dancing. Um, go All right. learn how to do pole. It's, it's, Heck yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's, I think that's it. I think we did it. I think we did a podcast. It is hot in here. Very hot in here. So we're going to, we might, we're not going to take off all our clothes. We will turn on the AC the second we're done recording. (laughs) 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 Our theme song is by Lucia Fasano. Our YouTube is Citizen White Cane Podcast. Our Twitter is White Cane Pod. Our Instagram and our Facebook are both Citizen White Cane. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to citizenwhitecanepod at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voice message, there's a link in the show notes. Um, How do you drink your margaritas? Oh, yeah, with straw, without straw, plastic yeah. cup, glass cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you save the environment um, <laughs> in, a, in a disability conscious way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, what what's your favorite Metropolitan Museum of Art fact oh, or information? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you have you uh, gone on audio tours? If you have, which ones have you liked the best? Yeah. And have you gotten to touch artifacts and things at, at museums? Yeah. Have you created your own audio tour? And can you just do it in a voice message so we can play it on the podcast Perfect. and be the next memory palace? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those. There's like in the show notes. Leave us a voice message. Come back next week, and we'll be talking about Kubo. We'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>